ESPN. This is Bet LA with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Previewing all the NFL game odds to get you ready to wager each week on all the NFL action, college football, plus all the local teams and NBA action later this fall. This is Bet LA with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Bet LA with Anita Marks right now. I think the guys around him, you know, are playing extremely well, meaning the offensive line and, and really everybody on, on offense. You know, and, and just it's 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 part of our, you know, the progression of, of our offense and the steps that we need to take to be a to be a great offense in this league, you know. We're not there yet, but but that's a that's a step in the right direction and um, you know, he understands too that he can't get that type of recognition without the guys around him. Good song selection there, Rebecca. Um, that was Doug Peterson, new head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. No Urban Meyer there anymore. Thank God. Good riddance. I know, right? Don't let the door hit you. Um, Eagles at home, favored by six and a half. Surprising, right? Like, this line should be, based on how we've seen this Eagles team play, they're the only team remaining now that are 3-0. and um, This line should be 7.5, in my opinion, right? And not to take anything away from, from Jacksonville, um, but this line is, is sneaky to me. It's really sneaky. Over-unders at 45.5. Before we start diving into uh, so, some of the, 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 uh, the, the other games out there, I, I'm curious... Um, Tyler and Rebecca, I would love for you guys to chime in. Again, phone lines are open, 877-710-3776 if you want to chime in on the conversation. In, in looking at this slate, it, it's, it's a really good slate. I'm not going to take anything away from David Behrman, who was on with us earlier in the first hour. He's absolutely right. Listen, Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes, going to Tampa, taking on Tom Brady. Here's the thing. That Tampa Bay Bucks defense, or, or that Tampa Bay Bucks offense, they've only scored two touchdowns this season. They've only scored a touchdown. I'm sorry, three touchdowns. They've only scored a touchdown in three of their 36 drives. They're averaging less than 20 points a game. Their offensive line is, and their wide receiving core, both infirmaries. And Tom Brady is just not vintage Tom Brady. I'm going to get into some of the, the, what, the hurricane, what I feel, how the hurricane is going to affect some of these Florida teams this week. Uh, but nonetheless, I, I just I, listen. I'm gonna obviously I'm gonna watch this game because it's the Sunday night game. Hopefully you go in and you're up, so you're playing with house money. Hopefully that's what happens. But has it has anybody I, 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 this, checked this, this on game, Tom Brady? This, has anybody this, checked on that man? This game, this game just doesn't excite me. I, I, like I, I'm not excited. I'm not excited about this game. I'm more excited, I, like crazy, like. Um, you know, things I never thought I'd say for 500 bucks, Alex, Trebek, and, you know, God bless. I'm more excited for Jacksonville against Philadelphia than I am about Kansas City and the Tampa Bay Bucks. And, and again, on this slate, we got the Bills going up against the Baltimore Ravens. But I'm so intrigued with this Jacksonville team. And the, and the Philadelphia Eagles, to me, right now, you're, as Bill Parcells used to say, your record is who you are. And they're 3-0. So right now, the Philadelphia Eagles are the best team in the NFL. Okay? 
So I'm I'm curious, Tyler. Let's start with you. Out of this slate that's 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 in front of us for Week Four of the NFL season, what's what's the what's the game, the matchup that excites you the most? Well, here's the thing, and just to kind of piggyback on what you were talking about, this this Buccaneers team isn't who they were. They're a shell of of the team that we've seen the past couple of years. Tom Brady's going through some personal things, clearly starting to impact his gameplay. He's got a banged-up offensive line. He's not the kind of quarterback that can do well in a collapsing pocket, and we've seen that time and time again. He's not your Russell Wilson. He's not your you know Tua Tagovailoa that can scramble out and get a better view of the field outside of the pocket. So when he's got a collapsing pocket, he can't play. So overall, this Bucks team doesn't impress me the same way it's been impressing me over the last couple of years. The Kansas City Chiefs should absolutely steamroll them. So when you're looking at that game, you already predict a landslide. So that game's set to the side. Now, you've got the Bills and the Ravens. Of course, it's going to be a, you know, just an explode you're expecting an explosive game. You've got Josh Allen, he's got targets, he looks like he's on, he's playing very well. You've got Lamar Jackson who just played out of his mind. That game is just going to be it's going to be a basketball game. You're going to go down one side of the field, there's going to be a score, and it's going to go back and forth until the bitter end. For me, it's got to be Jacksonville versus uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, simply because these two teams are standouts. Both of them have been incredibly lackluster over, the, over several years. You know, Philly's slowly gotten better, but with the addition of A.J. Brown, they look like they're the team that they've been building over the past few years. They look complete. The Jaguars look really good with Trevor Lawrence finally playing the way that everybody's expecting him to play after being picked, you know, at the top of the draft. It's the most exciting game, and it's not close. Yeah, absolutely, totally agree with you, um, uh, Rebecca. Do you do you have a do you have a a dog in this fight? I mean, I I pretty much agree with Tyler. I think the excitement for the Bucks Chiefs game is more like a nostalgia thing, and. I mean, it seems like people are thinking about how both of the teams would have been a year ago as compared to now. It seems like they're just feeding off of old accolades. Um, But I think the Jaguars and the Eagles will definitely be a way more exciting game as as opposed to the Bills and Ravens as well. Um, You know, you've got this Bills team. Keep in mind, they were in Miami last week and I talked about it. It was one of my favorite plays taking Miami last week. Why 100 degrees uh, temperature at kickoff at 1 o'clock plus 100% humidity. Buffalo Bills coming in, of course, five starters on their defensive side of the ball, inactive. And, of course, Miami did win. Now they have to go back on the road to the Baltimore Ravens. Their their defense is still depleted. And, um, and they have to take on a Baltimore Ravens team with Lamar Jackson, who's just uh, playing out of his mind right now. So, um, and, and Baltimore's getting three. Baltimore's getting three. Uh, the, the, the spreads this week are, 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 are really bizarre to me. Um, so, again, for, for me, it's, it's Jacksonville going up against the Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles favored by six and a half. The over-under is at 45 and a half. We're going to have Dave Spadaro, who's part of the Eagles broadcast team, who's going to be joining us on the program um, to do a deeper dive into this matchup. And when he does, I'll give you my picks and my plays in that game. Like I said, for the Buffalo Bills and the Baltimore Ravens, um, I like the over here, the over 51. Why Buffalo is just so tremendous in regard to explosive passing plays. 
I love Gabe Davis. He did show up on the injury report, so you want to keep an eye on that. But if he is active, I do believe he'll be really attractive, especially in DFS and fantasy. So I do like Gabe Davis this week for the Buffalo Bills. But the Baltimore Ravens, their secondary beat up as well, and they just give up a lot of explosive passing plays. And again, the Buffalo Bills, they've got five starters that were inactive last week. Not sure many how, how many of those will be active this week going up against the Baltimore Ravens in Lamar Jackson. So I just, I love the over here, over 51 in that matchup. And last but not least in, in talking to, and let's just say these are the three, let's just, let's, you know, whether you want to say like one is better than the other, here's the thing. We, we've got three, I think, really great matchups. The only, the only negative is, is that both the Eagles and the Baltimore Ravens games are on at one o'clock. <laughs> so, you know, unless you have like a, a, a man or a chick cave and you've got multiple TVs, uh, you're SOL. Um, <laughs> unless you just, you know, one you put on your TV, the other one, obviously you're, uh, you're, you're putting on, on the red zone, or maybe you're going to a local watering hole that has all the games on and winner, winner, chicken dinner. Uh, but nonetheless, later on that night at, uh, at, at, Sunday night at, at 830 uh, is kickoff is going to be the Kansas City Chiefs and the Tampa Bay Bucks. Now, I'm originally from Miami, okay? Originally from Miami, Florida. I, I made it through Hurricane Andrew, okay? Have experienced a number of hurricanes. Have covered teams that have, that have experienced hurricanes. And I'll tell you this. So what, what we know about the Tampa Bay Bucks is that they had to leave Tampa, Avi, and they went down to Miami and they utilized the Miami practice facility to get ready for this game, okay? They, Miami, by the way, left Miami and they went to Cincinnati early. By the way, just, just FYI, I'm sitting here and I'm watching before we advance. I'm sitting here and I'm watching... Um, the Dolphins-Bills game from last week when Tua went down. And he's sitting there, and he's like shaking his head. If, if, you, if you have a back or a neck injury, aren't you grabbing your back? Aren't you grabbing your neck? Aren't you like making some type of motion to that area, if that's what it is? When he went down in that Bills game, he got up, he stumbled, his knees buckled, and, he sh- and like he's shaking his head as if he's like, discombobulated like isn't that what you do I mean guys please tell me if you think I'm wrong say Anita you're you're, you're reaching here it's fine I might be reaching no, no, no I just I, I I agree he would have been um you know at least like you know bending over at the waist or um you know showing that his his back is hurt but yeah that's that's a very odd reaction I agree uh, Tyler, agree. Like, if, if you hurt your back or you hurt your neck, aren't you like, oh, like, it's aren't you? It's the first re- thing I'm grabbing for. Absolutely. Right? Aren't you Stub reaching for that area? It's dark right? at night. Oh, man. Yeah, you're like, ah, bending over you're and cursing. Grabbing my toe. Yeah, and you're going to hear about it. I can't even say absolutely. what I say when I stub my toe yeah, at night it's not radio on a chair yes. or like a side of a door, something like that. You're like, ah, and oh, you yeah, like reach for your toe. You hurt your back. You reach for your back. You hurt your neck. You're like, oh, you're like reaching for the back of it. Like, he didn't do that. He he shook his head as if he was like dizzy. I'm just I'm you know what? I'm like again, I'm not sitting here pretending I'm a doctor. 
whatever. This is a sports talk radio show. I know it's a gambling show, but like, this is my opinion. Like, like I just, I'm not buying it. I'm just not buying it. I'm not buying it at all. And I, and I, I know I've derailed here, but they replayed the video of, of him and his reaction after he went down last week in the Buffalo Bills game. I'm just not buying it. I'm really not. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with the NFLPA investigation here, especially after what happened to tonight. But anyway, back to the Bucks and the Kansas City Chiefs. So here, here's the thing. Kansas City's getting one. The Miami Dolphins had to leave Miami and they went to Cincinnati because they weren't sure if they'd get a flight out. So they went to Miami and they, they, I mean, they went to Cincinnati and they, they were practicing in Cincinnati to get ready for tonight's game. So the Tampa Bay Bucks left Tampa and came to Miami and used the Miami facility to practice. Then now they've gone back to Tampa since the hurricane has left. But let me tell you something. Being somebody from Miami, from South Florida, when a hurricane hits, it is you are worrying about everything. You are worrying about your friends. You are worrying about your family. You are worrying about your home. You are worrying about your pets. You have to make sure that your, 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 your car is full of gas. Why? Because you don't know if you're going to get gas in the next month or so. If you do, you're in lines for hours. You don't know about clean water. Like, I, it's, there's so much that you have to worry about. And just because these are, I know you're saying, well, it's Tom Brady. He's got a gazillion dollars. He's got people. Yeah, he does. But other guys on the team aren't making the amount of money that Tom Brady and his wife make. So, you know, just the fact that the hurricane came close to Tampa and in, in all the intricacies and in, in, in the travel and all, everything that they had, that had to take place, I'm telling you, Kansas City is the play here. Especially as anemic as this Bucks offense has been. Their offensive line isn't healthy. Their wide receiving core still has a lot of questions. Great, granted, their defense is exceptional, but you're going up against Kansas City and, and Patrick Mahomes. So with that, with that being said, to me, this line and what's going on, give me the Kansas City Chiefs. I'll take them at plus one. Um, and and I, I believe that that is the play. But those are the three best games, in my opinion. We come back, let's, let's take a look at some of the future bets out there. Like, what are, What's the probability of teams that are 3-0, about to go 4-0? Or two and one, about to go three and one. And what what's the probability? What's the likelihood of them making it to the postseason? And what are some of the future odds that are out there for them to make the playoffs? We'll dive into that next, right here on Bet LA seven ten ESPN LA seven ten ESPN. This is Bet LA with Anita Marks, our new show, which you can hear regularly Thursday nights, right here on seven ten ESPN. Once again. Back to Bet LA with Anita Marks. When you look yourself in the mirror as a man and you say, I'm going to control the things I can control, that's how you get better. That's how you get better. That's how you take steps. That's how you take steps. But AJ said this on the sideline, and I really feel like, okay, we got a good football team. We know when we control the things we can, we damn good. Damn good. But we got to go to work every day. We got to go to work every day to clean up this little that's holding us back so we can be who the we meant to be, yes, but now almost we got it done. Here. I love y'all boys, man. We a family, man. Family on three. One, two, three. Hey, hey. I like the players. Jalen Hurts. Play on, play Philadelphia Eagles 
the only remaining team in the NFL that's undefeated, but they are going up against the Jacksonville Jaguars this week. You never know. Get this with the Jags. They beat the Colts. They beat the Chargers, as we know, by a combined 52 points. Trevor Lawrence, 77% completion percentage, 120 passer rating. He's getting the ball out in 2.2 seconds. Some of the best in the NFL. He's got uh, Christian Kirk, who's uh, running out of the slot, who's his best wide receiver. Smart, because he's avoiding some of the top corners in the NFL. Very few top corners play slot corner. You've got Kirk, ATN, Evans, Zay Jones, running 4-4s, 4-4-40s in the combine. So it's a very fast team. You've got a rookie linebacker in Devin Lloyd. He's got two interceptions on the season so far. Competing, try to be, tr- trying to be uh, win defensive uh, rookie of the year. He's in the, he's, he's in the discussion, trust me. And you've got a defense that has forced eight turnovers this season. Nine total. Last year, they've got eight already this season. Now here's, here's, the, only, here's the one thing that I've got a huge red flag when it comes to the Jags. Of course, as we know, they played in L.A. last last week and then traveled back to Jacksonville, having to deal with the hurricane. I would imagine that they've been up here in, in you know, the, the New York, New Jersey, Philadelphia area to escape whatever was coming their way. I'm, I would imagine that they traveled earlier to make sure that they can avoid that. And... You know, teams and and athletes are creatures of habit. Understand that. Routine is so important for athletes. So that that's that's the only thing that gives me a red flag, right? Um. With in in full disclosure, I do believe the Eagles are going to win. I do believe the Eagles are are going to win. I just I, I find the line at six and a half being interesting to me. Um, I, 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 I thought that it would come in at seven, seven and a half, but it did not. So, uh, but before we're going to have Sarah Barshop, who's going to be joining us in in about 10 minutes, uh, and we'll do a deeper dive into the Rams 49ers matchup on Monday night. So excited to have Sarah on the show here on bed LA. Uh, but before we do, I want to take a look, I want to take a look at some of the futures bets out there pertaining to making the playoffs and what the probability is based on, you know, uh, the Brainiacs, of course, up in Bristol, Connecticut, uh, who puts together the FPI, the probability and, and all that good stuff. So as we know right now, the now the Dolphins are, are three and one because they lost tonight to the Cincinnati Bengals. So now they have a 63.7% chance of, uh, of making it to the playoffs. And uh, I want to see what, um, I don't know if maybe it's been taken off the board. Can't be sure. Um, I'm looking right now. I don't see them on the board right now in regard to making the playoffs. And I think probably a big reason is because two is injury, but nonetheless, um, the Eagles who are three and O very well could go four and O teams that are four and O have an 83.7% chance of making it to the postseason. But what you would have to what you would have to lay for that is uh, is is too much for my liking. You know, I, I'm I'm someone, and and when you gamble, 
you know, I'm someone who you've got, I like, I like plus, <laughs> I like plus money. I like laying a hundred dollars down to win $150. I don't like laying $150 down to win a hundred dollars. Um, it's not, it's not my speed, <laughs> but which by the way, did you guys hear this? And we're going to, I'm going to give you some, uh, I'm going to give you some college football plays as well. But did you guys hear that a dude put down $575,000 marinating this for a minute, Tyler and Rebecca, a dude put down $575,000 on USC in the money line for them to just straight up beat Arizona state this week to win almost $13,000, 12.7. What? Yeah. That's just somebody who put down $575,000 to win um, close to $13,000 betting USC straight up on the money line to beat Arizona state. Can you believe that? What? I need answers because we'll, 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 we'll get into some college football as well. Uh, we still have like 90 minutes left in the show. I promise uh, I'll give you my plays for USC as well as UCLA and some other college plays out there as well. We'll get into those. Um, but I, I just share that with you just to say I'm someone who like, I, I, I want to win. I, like I, I, I want plus money. I want to, I want to lay less money down to win more money. That's what I'm looking for. So with that being said here, here are some of the other teams out there that I, I think you can get into some future bets on right now. The Cleveland Browns right now are two and one. They're taking on Atlanta. I love it. I love watching Atlanta play this season, by the way. They are so fun to watch. If you haven't watched them yet, you should. It's a treat. But Cleveland very well is going to go to three and one, which gives them a 63.7% chance of making it to the postseason with Jacoby Brissett. <laughs> with Jacoby Brissett. So if Jacoby Brissett could just hold down the fort until Deshaun Watson gets back into action, watch out. So, um, 63.7%. And you could bet that Cleveland's going to make it to the postseason at plus one, one twenty. plus one twenty. So you're, you're laying a hundred dollars down to win $120. The Jacksonville Jaguars are two and one. Chances are they might beat the Philadelphia Eagles this week. They would be at three and one 63.7% chance. But even if they go two and two, it drops significantly. It's 36.6% chance that they make it to the postseason. As of right now, you can bet that the Jags are going to make it to the postseason at plus, plus 130. Hold on one second. I want to see what's uh, division winners. I want to see what, what are the Jags right now in regard to winning their division. And um, they're plus 225. You know what? To me, that would be an even better play. Jacksonville Jaguars winning the AFC South at plus 225. I'm telling you, this team is for real. This team is for real. Denver's 2-1. They take on the Raiders. Ooh, Raiders are horrible. So they could go to 3-1. For them to go to the playoffs, minus 110. With what's going on with the Chargers, and of course, as we know, Herbert injured. A lot of injuries to that Chargers that that Chargers team heading into this next matchup. The Dallas Cowboys are two and one. 
They take on Washington. I believe they beat Washington. That means they go to three and one. You can bet that they're going to make it to the postseason at minus 140. Do they go in? I think I think the Eagles win the division. But do they go in as a wild card? Possibly. And the Giants are just have been god awful, but they're two and one people. And they're taking on the Bears. So chances are the Giants go to three and one this week. Again, with a 63.7% chance of making it to the postseason. And and to bet on that is two to one. So you're laying $100 down to win $200 that the Giants make it to the postseason. I'm not telling you to do it, but I'm just sharing with you where they stand. What are the odds of teams going in, advancing 4-0, 3-1, 2-2, heading into, of course, week five and some of those future bets out there. <laughs> um, when we return, Sarah Barshop is going to join us. Let's do a deeper dive into this Rams matchup against the 49ers this week next Right here, you're listening to Bet LA, 710 ESPN LA. This is Bet LA with Anita Marks. Right now, let's get back to Bet LA and back to Anita Marks. Welcome back to Bet LA here on 710 ESPN LA. Let's do a deep dive into what's going on with the Rams. Sarah Barshop joins us here. Uh, to give us some insight. And so, Sarah, we're coming into, of course, the Monday night football game. They're taking on the 49ers. They're sitting at 2-1. and one. Um, But there's just something about Stafford. Let's start with Stafford first and foremost, right? Like, he just does not look vintage. And, and I, know, I know coming in, we were talking about the elbow. You know, how significant is it? What do you feel his, his trials and tribulations have been this season? I think he's really missing Van Jefferson and more this offense is missing having a big, solid number three receiver. That's how they play. They've, they played like that last year when they signed Odell Beckham, you know, like when Robert Woods got hurt, they, they play with three receivers and I think they're really missing having Van. And now of course they have Ben Skoranek and they have other receivers they've used in his place, but I just don't think it's had the same effect on this offense. And Sean McVay told us after the game, on Sunday, he said, we're trying to still figure out our offensive identity. And I think that's a big reason why I think he, they didn't anticipate not having Van Jefferson. And I think that's really affected them so far, you know, but, but at the same time, right? Like you've got Allen Robinson. There were some big hefty expectations for Allen Robinson coming into the season and being a part of this wide receiving core. Why do you feel that that hasn't gelled yet? No, I think that's that was a big surprise to me just from watching them in training camp. I really thought I probably came on your show and said, you know, how big of a role I thought he was going to have in this offense. And I was looking at the numbers last night, actually, and that is still something that surprises me because I thought he'd be a big target in the end zone. I thought he and Cooper Cup would work really well together. Now, Allen Robinson did have a touchdown a potential touchdown catch that went right through his hands on Sunday against the Cardinals I'm sure that doesn't help um but I'm curious to see if that chemistry if it's a chemistry thing right like if we see some improvement as the season goes on or if for whatever reason Allen Robinson just isn't a fit in this offense which would be a surprise but like you said there's clearly something missing at that connection which then, of course, would give Odell Beckham Jr., when he gets healthy, quote-unquote, enough with his knee, maybe that's more of even 
um, a bigger <laughs> um, need and want and desire to have him come back and join this roster. We'll see. Uh, let's talk about what's going on in, in the backfield as well. It's like, especially for fantasy folks out there, you know, some are like, oh, should I start Cam Akers? Should I not? Um, should I play Henderson? Should I not? I mean, so last week, Cam, um, 14 carries for 61 yards. He did fumble the ball. Henderson, four carries for 17 yards. And neither of them had like any, it really, neither of them were, were a big part of the passing game. What, what's happening in this backfield for the Rams as well? You know, I kind of, I wondered at the beginning of the season whether one of these guys would end up with the true, true RB1 role, right? Like one of them would beat the other out because it looked like during camp we were seeing a lot of them rotating in and out. And to me, what I thought was interesting against the Cardinals is that I was like, okay, Henderson's doing it. This is going to be his, you know, he he's going to take the lead here. And then all of a sudden Cam Akers comes in for one series after really not playing in the first half. And after the game, Sean McVay is talking about how he provided the spark in the offense and how he looks like the old Cam. And so they ended up with the same number of snaps, the exact same number of snaps. Now, I don't know that it will be 50-50 every week, but I would say if you have either one of those players on your fantasy team, I would be really hesitant. I, I don't know who you would pick because I really think they're going to go with the hot hand. And maybe we'll see a trend, right, where if, Cam Akers again has another good game and Sean McVay is saying, yes, he still, he looks like the old Cam Akers. Maybe we see less of Daryl Henderson, but the way that so far what we've seen is it's really hard to trust that one guy is going to get the more carries over the other, just because of the way that they clearly are just, you know, playing the hot hand and the guy they think is going to have more success on the specific drive. Because like you said, it's not like they're involved in the pass game. Um, San Francisco is pretty good against opposing tight ends, only allowing 2.3 yards per target to tight ends. So I don't know what, you know, that means for Higby this week, Cooper cup, anytime he goes up against San Francisco, his last three games, he's been stellar 122, 118, 142 yards, three total touchdowns to me. And I'm going to get into the San Francisco defense with you in just a second, but to me on offensively, really, like, you know, it's, it's this, this game is going to be won or lost depending on what Cooper cup does this week. Don't you think? Oh, I agree. I mean, I think you look at the way the first three games have gone, obviously he had a great game against Buffalo and they didn't win that game, but it seems like the way Cooper cup goes, this offense has gone for the past two years, but I mean, his target share is up to 35% through three games this season. That's higher than it was last year. And so we've seen him, I mean, clearly Matthew Stafford is looking for him. He scored a rushing touchdown the first of his career last week. And so you can tell that Stafford and in, in this Rams offense is really depending on him. And the, the Tyler Higby thing is interesting because I do think he's had a higher target share because Van Jefferson has not been in the, uh, has not playing, you know, now he's on IR. Um, after he comes back, I'll be curious to see how that changes. But yeah, I, I agree. I think right now and that's going to be a problem. That if if the offense can only go through Cooper Cup, I think that's going to be a problem for this Rams team throughout the season, especially if they're looking at a playoff run. Now, uh, and again, Sarah Barshop joining us here, uh, talking about, of course, the Rams as they get ready to take on the Forty Niners uh, on on prime time. Now, the San Francisco Forty Niners defense really has been the key to their success so far this season because. 
Trey Lance obviously started as the starting quarterback and uh, did much of nothing. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo got his first start last week and did much of nothing. Although, uh, keep in mind, he is 6-0 and against the Rams in the regular season with a 68% completion percentage. But nonetheless, the story for the 49ers is their defense. They forced Denver into three and out eight times. In fact, opponents have only made it to the red zone in nine, nine times against the San Francisco 49ers defense. 50% of the drives with their opponents end up in three and outs. So, I, I mean, I could go on and on and on in regard to the stati- statistics in, in, in how San Francisco is just like so uber impressive defensively. So I guess my question to you, Sarah, is, you know, again, outside of Cooper Cup, I, I mean, you know, how much do you give this Rams chance, this Rams opportunity to to defeat the 49ers? Um, I, I just, I don't see it. I, I don't see it happen. In fact, I'm, I'll use the word shocked. I'm shocked that the 49ers are only favored by one and a half. Yeah, I, I think I was looking kind of at the same stats as you actually when I was writing yesterday. And, you know, you look at some of the games they were involved in that, that game in Chicago, obviously the game against Denver. And I don't think I realized until I looked at the statistics just how dominant that defense had been. Um, and I think this will be, you know, like I said, Sean McVay said that they're still strugg- the Rams are still struggling to find their offensive identity. I think we'll get a really good idea of what this Rams offense looks like after this week because I've, I've said through two games, right, the Atlanta game was kind of weird. Buffalo obviously is very good, very good defense. The, you know, against the Cardinals, it looked like the Rams were going to dominate. It looks like they were going to score 31 points, and they scored 20. And really, outside of the first two, three drives, they didn't do much. And now I think they can't do that against San Francisco. If they are going to win this game, I think like, they were, I think, one for three in the red zone against the Cardinals, and that's got to change. That's something that Sean McVay has brought up. I just think, in general, this is going to be a really tough test for the Rams, like you said. And it's got to be maybe it's an Allen Robinson game. I don't know, but I agree that I don't think you can just be Cooper Cup having a stellar game as he had the last couple of times they've played. Yeah. Last thing for you, and that's the 49ers first in NFL pressure rate without blitzing. They only blitz 39 percent of the time. So I, I guess my question to you is with the offensive line, I know we talked about it last time you were on. Uh, but, you know, your, your thoughts on this offensive line and, and how well do you think that they can protect Stafford ag- against a 49ers defense, again, coming with the, fr- the best pressure rate in the NFL with only blitzing with less than 40% of the time? Yeah, I imagine we'll see a, a result similar to week one against the Bills, which is when Stafford was sacked a, I believe, a career high, or at least certainly a Rams high seven times. Um, this offensive line has played pretty well the last two games but I just think they're facing a totally different defense I think it's just like Buffalo such a tough task and it's not like they have had much continuity they've had a lot of injuries on the line they've had shuffling around and so I think that's going to be a key to this game is can they protect Matthew Stafford and my guess is that it's going to be a long night for these Rams offensive linemen Uh, Sarah always a pleasure having you on Uh, I really do appreciate your time thank you so much and your insight it's really fantastic thank you my friend of course. Great to talk to you. Thanks for having me on. You got it. Sarah Barshop joining us, of course, doing a deep dive into that Rams 49ers game here on Bet LA, 710 ESPN LA. We'll open up the phone lines, 877-710-3776. Rams fans, what are your expectations heading into this primetime game? We'd love to hear from you next here on Bet LA, 710 ESPN LA.
ESPN. This is Bet LA with Anita Marks, our new show, which you can hear regularly Thursday nights right here on 710 ESPN. Once again, back to Bet LA with Anita Marks. It is Bet LA. Here on 710 ESPN LA, Sarah Barshop's doing a, a, a really great job, uh, really kind of previewing, not kind of, previewing the Rams and the 49ers game on Monday Night Football. So hopefully uh, now you're you're more in the know, and if you so choose to wager on this game, um, you've got some really, really good insight and some really, really good nuggets about it. So uh, Tyler and Rebecca, I, like, I, you know, again, I, I know you guys work on the show with me and you produce the show and I know you guys aren't really big into gambling and big into wagering. Um, but, you know, there's some people out there who are like, I won't wager on my team. Hmm. I can't. And, and it's funny because a lot of people ask me like, Anita, like, you know, who's your team? Who are you a fan of? And I, I'm really, you know, because I've been in this business for so long and you know, it's, I'm in 12 fantasy football leagues and I, I gamble pretty much on every game. Um, who am I fooling? Um, I, I, I don't, you know, I grew up in Miami. So grew up, you know, obviously watching Dan Marino going to the Orange Bowl, yada, yada, yada. And then, um, and then also even before Dan Marino grew up in the late seventies. So I know it's way before you guys time, but you know, we were subject to what, what was on, and we, so we were force-fed Steelers and Cowboys. Mm. So if you grew up in the late 70s like I did, you're either one of the – in some way, shape, or form, you were or still are a Pittsburgh Steeler, Dallas Cowboy fan, sure. for sure, right? And then I moved to Baltimore. I was in Baltimore for four years, and so I covered the Baltimore Ravens, got to know the Ravens and the players extremely well, so – I am somewhat of a Ravens fan. And then I moved here to New York and I worked for the, the New York giants broadcast team for several years. So, uh, somewhat of a giants fan. If you want to call me that people say, Oh, you drink the blue Kool-Aid. Okay. Maybe I do. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I don't, I don't really, I don't know what it is to be a fan. Like I don't have fandom feelings inside. And so, um, I, you know, I, I'll, I'll gamble on whatever team I, I, I feel is going to win me money. I'll put money down on any prop bet of any player that I feel is going to win me money, whether I like the player or not. Like, it's like, you know, I, I don't, to me, it's about gambling. To me, it's about fantasy football. To me, it's about winning money. I, I'm not a fan of anything. Like, don't get me wrong. There's certain players I've been covering I've been covering sports for so long. It's really refreshing when you come across a player who's like a really cool dude and you know, he's like a, a really good egg and he's a, and he's a kind of guy you want to like root for and you want good things to happen for. Right. But like outside of that, uh, there's no fandom in me. And so I, I find fandom interesting. Isn't that the way that it goes? Don't they say that, Serious bettors bet with their head and more casual bettors bet with their heart. I I would say so. Um, yeah, but I, I guess my question to you is, and I know we have some callers on and we're going to get to you in just a second. Eight, seven, 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 10, three, seven, seven, six. But I'm just curious, you know, would you guys, if you guys were, were 
um, avid gamblers, would you be like, I can't gamble on my team? No. I just can't. No, and I'm the same way with fantasy sports. I'll take players that are on my team. I actually tend to go, truth be told, with fantasy baseball, I tend to go a little heavier with the teams that I favor. I mean, are but here's the thing: afraid to do it because it gives them a blind spot, or what do you? Think I think the issue I think <laughs> I think they're worried that they're going to jinx their team. Here, here's uh, another thing. Yeah. But here's the, here's another thing, Tyler. Do you do you draft players that play that are in your division? You know what I mean? Like, like, like I tell people like, oh, you know, like, oh, I'm a big Dallas Cowboy fan. I can't draft an Eagles player. Oh, everybody's, everybody's fair for me. As okay, I'm, I'm looking at performance, right? So, right. Um, specifically for me for baseball, just because it's still f- fresh on the mind from this last season, being a Red Sox fan, I'm not going to not take Aaron Judge. You'd be a fool to not take Aaron Judge. You know, same thing with Garrett Cole. Um, just those kinds of things. And then on the football side, you know, being a Seahawks fan, I'm not going to not take Debo Samuel. Uh, well, that, that's wise. That's why, but, but there are people out there who are like, oh, and, 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 that's a, and also that's a big reason why there's some people out there who are like, I can't play fantasy because I, I can't draft play, like Eagles fans. Like, I hate the Cowboys. I can't draft a Cowboy player. Like, just, I just, you can't yeah, emotionally, I can't. you can't be an emotional investor. And, and most and and most people are when it comes to sports, and that's that's what makes sports so great is fandom. I just don't I just don't know what that feels like. Um, I, I know we've got who's uh, you you said we've got a, a caller yeah, wanting Colby, to chime in. Colby wanted to talk with you. He actually called her earlier. He wanted to talk with you about Niners and Rams. Uh, he's got con- some concerns about the Niners. Uh, I believe it's the Niners defense. And okay, he wants to talk with you about. Let's bring him in, Colby. Welcome in. Welcome into Bet LA. How you doing? Hey, I'm doing all right. How are you doing tonight? Great. Welcome. Um, yeah, no, I was calling because, I mean, I understand the defensive numbers looks great on paper, but, I mean, they played Chicago, Seattle, and then, I mean, those are two bottom bottom five offenses. And then, I mean, you turn around and you've got Allen Robinson not getting involved, but you got to remember that Liam Cohen – He's brand new offensive coordinator. The team still got to gel. I mean, it takes a few more than just three games to gel. So of course he's not getting game plan like he should. And then my other thing that I was thinking too, you said that the offensive line for San Francisco was getting better this week. They lost Trent Williams. How is that? They lost Trent Williams two weeks ago. So I think that they have an opportunity to have one week under their belt of trying to gel and develop without him mm-hmm. um yeah. not first and foremost but they get a uh, brunskill back this week yeah yeah i just i just know trent williams has been he was pretty much the the, the whitworth for 49ers and losing right. a guy like that i mean it, it's gonna it's gonna hurt him but i mean and then also on top of that like i was like i was just pointing out i mean they played denver Nathaniel Hackett, he's not leading Denver in the right direction. And then they played Seattle. Seattle, I mean, really, what are they going to be this year? And then turn around and they play Chicago, another bottom, bottom, the the worst offense in the league, honestly. And, I mean, is that really a showing of the best defense in the league? 
I don't think so. Well, but, I'm just I mean, I'm saying I'm, I'm just I'm, I'm saying right, <laughs> I'm, I'm just I, listen. I'm I'm saying statistically, statistically, yeah. I mean, there in 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 Kobe. I I appreciate the phone call, and and I mean your your uh your perspective is 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 legit. You know, you it's not only just this the statistics. You've got to look at the teams that they've played for sure. But you know this this last game. With the Broncos, granted, Nathaniel Hackett, I've said it before, a little over, a little in, over his head in regard to clock management um, and, and whatnot. But you kind of, I kind of felt that we saw at one point in time, Russell Wilson grab the bull by his, the bull by the horns and say, "All right, listen, I need to do me, right?" Uh, but and 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 I think that was a big reason why the 49ers lost. But nonetheless. Um, you're right. You've got to look at, at you know, at, at who they've played. But statist- statistically, I don't know why I'm having a hard time saying that word tonight. Um, you know, th- they are they do lead the league in, in a number of categories. Now, w- what are some of the other teams out there that I feel have have really good defenses? Obviously, the Buffalo Bills, but they're injury riddled right now. They had five starters out against Miami last week and lost to the Miami Dolphins. Right. Um, just looking around the league, the Philadelphia Eagles. I think you can argue that the Philadelphia Eagles have the best defense. Why? Uh, just a ton of depth. The depth with the Philadelphia Eagles is just ridiculous. The talent and the depth. So if you want to say, well, wait a minute, Anita, I think you're wrong. The 49ers don't necessarily have the best defense. Look at the Philadelphia, look at the Philadelphia Eagles. Okay. You can make a, a strong argument there. Um, outside of that, um, the Jacksonville Jaguars, as I just shared with you, the Jags, they've got eight, eight, tur- eight forced turnovers this season. The Jags have the best turnover ratio um, because Trevor Lawrence is protecting the football. He's not throwing interceptions. They're not fumbling the ball, and the defense is forcing turnovers. So I think you can make an argument with the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's why I think the game against Philadelphia is going to be a really exciting one. Um... Uh, the Tampa Bay Bucks, obviously, um, you know, uh, based on on what they've been able to do, and, and let's just take a look at the teams that the Tampa Bay Bucks have played: the Cowboys, the Saints, and the Packers. A lot more impressive. They're two and one. They held the Cowboys to three points, the Saints to ten, and the Packers to twelve. So yeah, you want to say, hey, you need to slow your roll. It's not so much the Forty ers it, it's really the Tampa Bay Bucks, and that's why the Bucks. Let's be honest. That's why the Tampa Bay Bucks are two and one. They should be zero and three, but they're not. Because their defense is just excellent. Todd Bowles, who's now the head coach, defensive coordinator last year, has got that team playing exceptional football. Because Tom Brady and that offense isn't doing much. Okay? So you want to you at least say, all right, the 49ers rank in the top three in regard to defense in the NFL, and you can make an argument, the 49ers, the Tampa Bay Bucks, the Philadelphia Eagles... You know, okay, um, the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think you can make an argument that out of those four teams, one of you know, say, say those are definitely all four. Of those are ranked in the top five. So it's going to be at the end of the day. Listen, it's going to be a great Monday Night Football game, regardless. So many storylines here, right? So we'll see what happens. This is what we're going to do. Um, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to kick off hour three. I do want to talk some college football with you. Um, I've got a play in the U- UCLA game 
I've got to play in the USC game. And also I've got a, a, a number, I've got four other games that are on the slate that I've got plays for. So when we come back, let's talk some college football. Like I said, I've got Dave Spadaro who's going to be joining us. He works for the Eagles. He's part of the Eagles broadcast team. I wanted to get him on because, again, I really do believe that the Eagles-Jags game very well could be one of the most entertaining and intriguing games on the slate this week. So that's why I wanted to bring him on. I still have some plays for you in regards to the Chargers-Texans game. Um, also, I want to talk some Major League Baseball, specifically with Aaron Judge, and a broader look in regard to as we get closer to the postseason which is sneaking up on us. Can you believe October is right around the corner? It's insane. So I'll try to get to all of that in the next hour. Okay? Bet LA. Nita Marks with you for another hour here on 710 ESPN LA.